Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and today I'm sitting down with Nikki from the Lash Platform. It's a super short episode that I hope you guys enjoy. Make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio and Nikki underscore the Lash Platform on Instagram and let us know that you're listening. And without further ado, here is Nikki. Okay, so Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, me too. So you've been in the industry for a really long time. So can you take a second to kind of just introduce yourself to the listeners and kind of explain your background? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Nikki Jacobson. I'm the owner of The Lash Platform, um, which is a lash studio and training center that I'm in the works of opening right now. Super excited about that. I've been lashing for about 10 years now. Um, and I have a cosmetology and aesthetic license background. So that's kind of how I got started in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. And now I am mostly educating for the lash industry. So it's been really fun. I love it. So are you um, kind of looking for hiring staff now or are you not there yet? Um, I've been kind of looking. People have actually reached out to me a lot, which I've been very surprised. You know, like someone will just message me and say, hey, are you looking or hey, are you hiring? So it's been really fun just to see who's out there and who's excited and, and ready to just start working full force. I am kind of looking. I have a few people in mind that I have I've had on my back burner for a long time that <laughs> I want to come and work for me. That's awesome. um, but yeah, as of right now, I'm just trying to take it one step at a time. I've learned a lot from you, actually. Really? On Yes, on like, I've actually looked into um, like team-based pay because I've heard it from you. And so that's something, you know, you know, you got to take it day by day, not overwhelm <laughs> <Yeah>. yourself. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, that's exciting. Um, do you plan on kind of documenting that whole journey? Yes. So I started an Instagram just for the Lash Platform because I have my personal one, which is Nikki, the Lash Platform. Um, I don't have posts on it yet um, just because I want my first post to be the journey of the actual studio and training center. So once I get the space and it starts is when I'm going to blow up Instagram on my (laughs) Lash Platform. Cool. Well, that is really exciting. I know how much of a like journey that whole thing is um it it's gonna be a lot of hard work but I feel like if you have like the right intentions then it'll all work out um and I I love that you're looking into team-based pay because it's funny um anytime I've been to any like little conference or the incubator that you'll find out about um you know if you work with them but uh it's funny because like everyone in there are people that are there because they saw the other side of like how it could be if you're not on team-based pay or they already have a slew of problems. And then there's like one or two people in there that don't have a salon yet that are like looking to get that information. And everyone looks at them with envy because they're like, I wish I started here. So yes, definitely. Absolutely. It's the best. Um, So you're going to be taking on so much more with the salon and you already, you do so much education um, and you've actually been the head of education for some bigger name companies. Can you talk a little bit about that whole journey and what it's like working for a really big company? Yeah. Um, so as a director of education for a company, you know, I have 
nothing bad to say about um, any company that I've ever worked for. It's fun. It's definitely, um, you have a lot of opportunities working for a bigger company. You know, you meet a lot of people, you get to work with a lot of different people and you get a lot of um, different mindsets together, which is really fun. I could honestly say I learned so much um, from working for a big company. Um, How that kind of started is I just, I was educating on my own. I had written my own manuals um, and I I'd taken a couple courses from different companies and nothing bad with the companies, but the way I educate, I'm just very, very thorough and I'm all about teaching people everything that I know um, because I feel like the lash industry can't get better unless you're sharing the knowledge with everybody um, because to me, I can teach them everything I know. And by the time they master that, I'm already on to the next thing. So I kind of have this big mindset of how the education in the lash industry should be. So um, I basically reached out to a bigger company here in Utah. And I just kind of was like, hey, you know, it was it was very weird, to be honest, it was a random prompting that I got that I was like, just see if they need help or want help or want an extra mind or whatever. So I did, it was honestly, I sent an email. Um, they kind of read it. They asked me to come in. I came in, um, interview. That was probably my first interview. I would say that I had in like five years because I was working on my own yeah. and it was not, it was not the greatest. Like <laughs> I just, for, yeah, I kind of forget you know, how interviews go. And I don't know, I'm very, I'm pretty laid back. And so even when I meet, you know, artists that you want to work for me and stuff, it's just like, let's get to know each other. Let's, you know, take a step back and talk. And I want to know about you and things like that. And it was very professional and which it should be, you know what I mean? But it was just very, it just threw me off. And so I felt, I walked out of there thinking, they probably think I am just an idiot. Like, (laughs) but it actually went really well. And they asked me to come on as educator part-time. I did that for honestly a month or two. And once they kind of saw how I educated and how I related so well to my students and to other educators that I was teaching, they asked me to come on full-time. And then that kind of evolved very, very quickly into becoming the director of education for them, wow. um, which was honestly amazing. And I loved it. I learned a ton from it. Um, so it was a great experience. Yeah, that's so, you know, nothing knocking like the bigger brands either. Like they do what they do really well. But um, yeah, it's it's. I'm sure it was like a big decision for you to end up just educating on your own. Do you, can you speak about that like split? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So this was a hundred percent like good feelings um, on both sides. Um, I just got to a point where I felt kind of stuck. I kind of wanted to go in a different direction as they did. And so it just, we weren't lining up anymore. Um, And that's honestly it. It just, you know, I, they were going a certain way and I wasn't hundred percent on board and I just, I'm extremely honest. Um, I'm a very honest person. And so I just felt like I couldn't do that. I couldn't kind of, I don't want to say lie to myself, but I couldn't stand behind something a hundred percent if I didn't truly believe in it. So, um, and another thing with the big companies too, which again, there's nothing wrong with that, but with big companies, you're kind of stuck to them 
Um, and with my experience and what I've learned through the years is I like a lot of different things. I like a lot of different products. And so I just really wanted to share my knowledge and passionate education and be able to do that openly with how I truly like the products I truly love and, you know, what works for me and what doesn't and all that stuff. So for the, you know what I mean? Yeah. I noticed a lot of brands are now like even their brand ambassador programs are becoming more um, like friendly towards other, like those, uh, you know, reps or brand ambassadors also loving other companies too. And it used to be like, if you're a brand ambassador, you can only talk about our company, even if you use other stuff. And this is like a, a ton of companies were, were that way. And a lot of companies now are kind of shifting to where it's just, here's a discount. I don't know. You know what I mean? Just kind Ab- of. Ab- absolutely. I honestly just signed up with two <laughs> different companies. And when they asked me to be an ambassador, I'm like, well, what does that require? Cause yeah. I just, I mean, again, nothing bad about being tied to one specific company, but I've been there and done that. And I just don't want to do that again. And yeah. so they just were like, no, you can use other products. You can do this. Just, you know, if you use stuff that you like of ours, if you'll just tag us. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got your back. I'll do yeah. that. <laughs> when I see that too, doesn't it seem like more genuine when you see this person using this brand of lashes, this brand of adhesive, tweezers, whatever, because you know that like, they like this certain thing from this company because of they have tested all of these companies and you, and you know, it kind of seems more genuine. Yes, I- ab- absolutely. I, I don't know. I respect people that are more open about their opinions mm-hmm. rather than being so like one company minded and maybe they haven't used anything else and they don't know, you know, so there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but when I get onto like an artist's page or I follow them and they're like, you know, I tried this new adhesive and I really loved it like I'm gonna be like okay she knows because she's comparing it to five others that she's used yeah so definitely a pro but at the same time like I have also just carried one line um in my salon or like when I was solo and I was fine like my attention was yeah it was fine everything looked great still but it's also just fun to experiment a little I guess um so it's not that like this company has great this and shitty this. It's just that it's nice to kind of play around with brands. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you probably are familiar with this question, um, but what is your favorite failure in your lash career so far? Ooh, favorite failure. I feel like everyone always comes up with good answers on this one and I thought about it. <laughs> Um, so I don't really know if it's a failure, um, with a lot, my last career, but, um, I would say choosing to leave the company I was with, um, was definitely a scary, intimidating time. Um, but it turned out to be an amazing thing. So, um, you know, like I said, when I was with this company, it was great. I, you know, I was on salary. I, everything was great. Everything was good. And I was literally turning away from that to the unknown of, you know, what if it doesn't work? What if my salon doesn't work out? What if, what if, what if, right? The what if question that we ask ourselves a thousand times a day. Um, So I would say just being brave enough to kind of 
know that I have to kind of have nothing in order to start what I truly am wanting to do, which is my salon and, you know, starting from nothing, not having a steady income coming in constantly and, and learning what I need to do to be able to, you know, be successful with my own name and my own brand and things like that. So, um, it's been, it's been fun, but it's been a huge learning experience for sure. Yeah. It, I know how that is. Um, like I I've educated for a company before and then you go off on your own and it's like, okay, well the students aren't just like lined up now you have to like really advertise and market yourself. But I feel like you've been doing a really good job of that, honestly. Oh, thank you. Um, it's, it's hard. It's definitely hard. Like sometimes I'll look a few months, you know, down the road and I'm like, Oh wait, I don't have everyone signed up. Oh, I gotta start, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, it's all good. I mean, it, I think it's cool to, um, to have everything not work out as planned sometimes because it makes you reinvent or innovate or come up with better ideas. And so it's, it's, I'm sure going to be a cool process for you to like grow that part of your business as well. Uh, so lately on Instagram, there's been a lot of talk about pre-made fans and how they're getting better. Um, I saw somebody, actually, it was Carrie, I think, um, Carrie Bristow. She was talking about these 10D pre-made fans, and I went and looked at the page, and I was like, hmm, these actually look like, I, I'm kind of interested. I, I've been against pre-made fans in the past, but what do you think about those? Yeah, um, so I agree with you. Pre-made fans a couple of years ago were like a no-go. I would not stick those square bases on anything, um, but they are, they have come a long way. Um, you know, they're made properly. They're made with, you know, the correct diameter and, and density and things like that. Um, I'm never one to fully say, no, don't do something. Um, because I'm a firm believer in like, you have to do what works best for you. Um, now pre-made fans, because I've been in the industry for so long. I mean, it took me a long time to master how to make a volume fan, mm-hmm. um, you know, and working with mega volume and regular and stuff like that. So when they first came out, I feel like I kind of got like a little stab to my heart because I'm like, dang, people are going to be able to use these and, you know, probably charge half the price and get done faster than me. And you know what I mean? It's, it's, they're going to do it. And they didn't have to really work hard yeah. to, you know, show these sets that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to pre-made fans, you know, crystallization is huge nowadays too. A lot of big companies teach making your fans beforehand. I always recommend hand making your fans just because I feel like sometimes with pre-made fans, you can tell they're pre-made fans um, because they're so perfectly uniform. They almost don't blend as well as a handmade fan. Um so if you're hand making your fan and crystallizing first and placing, like I am all for that. Um, with my new volume students, I'll always tell them, you know, if you want to offer beautiful volume sets and you want to use pre-mates, that's fine. Just of course, use the proper diameter. Don't overweigh the natural lashes, you know, that's still. Um, but I always recommend lashing as long as you can. So for example, if they book out a three hour set, Lash for the first two hours on your own because you're never going to get better at creating volume fans if you're not practicing. So 
do that on your own first for the first two hours. And then that last hour, yeah, fill it in with some pre-mades. Um, again, they're so much better nowadays than they are in the past. Um, the bases are tight. You know, they're not dipped all the way up to the middle of the lashes with adhesive um, and things like that. So it's yeah. it's definitely a fine line of, you know, making sure to do it properly and still knowing the correct technique and and implementing it into your into the daily lash yeah and um i mean it's gonna cut down on the time but how do you feel about like the pricing of it all should it be the same as handmade volume pricing or how would you um so um i don't feel like it should be um i feel like if you're using premium sounds it definitely should be cheaper um but at the same time, it's a hard line because you're paying more for yes. those pre-made fans yes. than the tray, right? Because I can buy one tray for however much. And to do a full set of pre-mades, it's going to cost me up in a hundred bucks, you know? So um, that's, that's a hard one. I don't feel they should be charging the same, though, just because, again, they're not hand-making them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's kind of an artistry thing that goes into play when you're a volume artist and you're creating a specific look and you're hand making those fans. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of, well, now you're I, paying for the, the, the person's experience and their, their knowledge on that. So, well, it would cut down your time by, I don't know, say an hour or two, but yes. I feel like the profit margin would also be lower if you didn't charge the same. I don't know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Is the profit margin is, is a lot lower on, on pre-made fans. I really like hand-making my fans. I don't, I don't I know do if I'm a pre-made fan girl, but I just, I don't know. It's kind of fun to me. Yeah. It's relaxing. It really, it really is. Like, yeah. And so, tell my students, too. I'm like, the thing is, if you practice, you could create fan in the same amount of time it would take you to lift the yeah. off the strip and then re-grab it and then dip it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like it should literally take you half of a second to make a fan when you get the hang of it. And the biggest thing I think is the tweezer, you know, if I yes. get, um, so we label our tweezers at the salon so that of course you have your own tweezers, um, mm -hmm. obviously. But when I don't know where my tweezers at and I'm trying to use a different tweezer and it's not perfect, then it's, it doesn't make it as like effortless as when I have like my tweezer. So I think oh, yeah. that makes a big difference too. So maybe the people that are struggling doing volume aren't even, they haven't found their tweezer yet. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a hundred percent true. If you don't have a good tweezer, you're not sure. <laughs> it's going to take you three times as long and you're yes. going to waste a lot of product. Yes. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about your courses and what um students can expect if they took one yeah absolutely so um that's one thing um that kind of drove like separated me from you know the larger companies i was working with is um when it comes to my classes i truly feel that um and i don't know if you saw this rant that i went on on my personal page but i talk about how there's no such thing as a bad lash artist only bad education um right and and i'll explain that real quick just because like if you get a good education and you actually know what you're doing that person is never going to sit down and be like i'm going to do a crappy set of lashes just to do a crappy set of lashes right 
um, once you know the correct methods and things like that, you're going to be a good artist. I feel like a lot of people are so quick to judge and be like, you know, this is awful, that your work sucks, you know, all this stuff. But if you really get down to like the basics, they're usually going to say, oh, well, I taught myself. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to be like, oh, I took this one course, but it wasn't very good. It's just a lack of knowledge um, that kind of makes people not be the best left artists they can. So for me, I saw that a lot with huge classes. Um, so my group trainings are never more than eight people. And if I do have more than six, so if I have like one to five students, I can manage that on my own. I feel like I get enough one-on-one with each person um, that I'm confident I can handle that on my own. Now, when I get six, seven, or eight people, I actually bring on a co-educator to help me because I don't ever want a student to leave me feeling like they didn't get what they wanted out of the course. Right. Um, so my group settings are very, very small groups. I'll never teach 15, 20 people at a time. Um, and then I do a ton of one-on-one trainings, actually, and I prefer those. I love one-on-one trainings because I can ask them a lot about their experience and the techniques they do and the tools they use and the products. So I can get a little bit of a better understanding of where they're coming from. And then I can kind of implement my teachings um, better to suit them. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. It's wild how much when you get a new student and like just their background of education, how much like they don't know sometimes yeah they're even surprised like by the end of it like how much they learn in the first like hour that they haven't learned in in the years that they've been taking trainings and stuff um yeah isn't it the best feeling though like yeah when you teach someone and they're like oh my gosh and you just see that light bulb go on and it's like I how how did I not know this you know yeah and I I really respect people who like want to keep learning and want to take as many trainings as they can. And I think that's a really cool trait to have versus someone who's like, because sometimes when I'm training out of, um, out of town, the host and I will be like reaching out to artists in the area, duh. And a lot of them, okay, not a lot of them, but some of them will say like, oh, sorry, I'm already certified. Like, obviously I know that because I see the (laughs) flashes, but like, I'm also kind of trying to tell you that you should probably take this course. Like, you know? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I am a firm believer of like, never stop learning. Never, never, never. Because everyone teaches things so differently. Um, Yeah, that's, that's a hard thing when they're like, oh, I'm already certified. And you're like, yeah, but I can help you a little bit oh, more. I, I got promise. a message back from a person once, and it said, do you mean that you want me to help teach the class? Like, didn't even say on her account that she was a trainer or anything. And if she's listening, this is really awkward. But I, <laughs> like, where in my message did it sound like that at all? Like, yeah, I just people, oh, my gosh. I. Egos are, egos are something that if they have it, like, I kind of am like, you go, girl. Like, you have all the confidence in the world. Like, you rock that. But then there's times I'm like, but maybe, you know, be more open to. Yeah. Um, okay. So last question is, what is your favorite quote? I don't know if it's a quote per se, um, but something that I buy every day and it kind of always will run through my mind is, everything 
happens for a reason and everything will work out the way it's meant to. Um, it's so str- I've, I've experienced this personally. Um, I don't want to go off for another 10 minutes, but quick backstory. Um, when I was 18 years old, I was smashed between two cars as a pedestrian and I didn't work. I didn't walk for a year. Um, I had just gotten engaged to my now husband. Um, we've been together for so long. It's crazy, but that happened to me. And, you know, I learned so much from that experience and while you're living in those times, you're like, you're, you know, the pity party's just on full force. Like why me? You know, like, um, but I have honestly learned so much from that experience. Um, you know, just of the, it's, I'm a very spiritual person. So it's kind of like, you know, learning forgiveness, forgiving people that have done you wrong, because at the end of the day, like you can't hold that stuff anymore, you know, and especially in the lash industry, there's people sometimes that are mean and they don't realize that they really hurt you and, and in life in general. So forgetting forgiveness is a huge thing. Learning to be thankful every day for the things that you have is a big thing. Um, and then with my husband, one of the main reasons I got back full force into lashing was we moved up to the Salt Lake area in Utah is where I live. Um, and he started a CrossFit gym. Things were going so great. I was like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to have some kids. I'm going to be a stay at home mom. This is great. Um, and he also coached, um, baseball at a high school down the street. And he actually got a traumatic brain injury and got hit in the head with a baseball. And at that point was the point in my life where I'm like, okay, what can I do to support my family? Cause we're honestly at this point in our life where it's fight or fight, you know, it's honestly, I was pregnant with Jeter. Um, you know, I literally was rocking the mom life at home. <laughs> and so at that point was when I was like, okay, I'm just going to lash full time. And that's when I really broke away from my cosmetology and aesthetic background and was just like, I'm just going to lash full time. This is what I'm going to do. Here we go. Open the studio. And that has now led me into this today. But when you're living in those moments, you always think like, why me? And you have to kind of, you know, learning from those experiences, honestly, like everything happens for a reason. And I don't want to say that my husband's traumatic brain injury happened so that I could be in the lash world because that's a horrible thing to say. But looking back at it, I wouldn't be where I am today because you know what I mean? I just, those experiences that you learn from every day. So I'm a firm believer in like, even though it's hard, even though life sometimes just sucks, like you will learn from that. You will be where you're supposed to be and to kind of take a deep breath every day and, you know, remember what you're thankful for, remember what's important in life, your family, your friends, and just kind of go, you know? Oh my God, that's crazy. Have you ever talked about that, like, online before, that story? No, no, and I don't like to talk about it, because honestly, it's, like, my husband and I joke, I'm like, why don't we have handicap signs? Like, why don't we, like, between the both of us, we can manage a sign like, you know, and it's always when we go to like a concert or something and there's no parking and, you know, so like we joke because it almost wouldn't seem real. The stuff that's happened to the both of us, you know, two traumatic things that I just don't like to talk about it. Cause it's sometimes it's like, okay, but it's, it's real and it happened. And I mean, it's crazy, but yeah, I don't really talk about it. I don't, I just don't, like the whole pity party thing and I don't want people to be like 
Aww. you know, because yeah. even so to this day, people that know me and know my husband really well and, you know, families that he coached for those four years that he was coaching, um, they still come up to me with the, how's Josh? And it's just like, we're good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was something crazy that happened, but we're not going to dwell on that moment forever. You got to move on and you have to be positive and you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we don't really like to That's talk about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. Uh, what an interesting, <laughs> like, like, that is just a crazy story, and but really cool mindset that you have to, um, yeah. to make it a positive thing. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening today. Any relevant links to this episode will actually be in the show notes. And if you would like to be featured on the very next episode of Lash Boss Radio, make sure to send in your questions in audio or written form to my email or to my Instagram DMs. Your question will be answered by either myself or the next guest on the show. I hope you guys have a great week and I will be back very soon with the next episode.